Happy Halloween, Tim. Happy Halloween times. Maybe when you listen, it'll already have passed. Right, and maybe if you're listening to this and this, the Halloween of 2023, or maybe even 2024, 2025, yeah. and so right. on. Yeah, the, the, everyone they slept with, and everyone they slept <laughs> and with. they tell two friends, and they tell two friends. <laughs> right. And so on and so forth. Welcome to this. It's the Hollywood Hullabaloo. <laughs> <laughs> on the transmissions from the Forbidden Planet, right, Derek? That's right. I am Derek. You are... Timothy. That's right. Here we are. And uh, we are here with a, a season ender. Yeah, we're ending on the HH because things got messed up and here we are switching shit around. But whatever, nobody cares. But we meant, we meant to do this. Yeah, it was all on purpose because we wanted to end the season on a this note <laughs> uh, we wanted to end the season on an informative note of what's going on in pop culture right yeah. this moment so hollywood hullabaloo for october 2023 here we go boom the strike is over yay only for writers Actors, you get back out there on the street. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, the, the WGA finally uh, reached a decision or whatever, an agreement, and uh, the strike is over for the writers. Yeah, they uh, apparently got the compensation they were looking for in the whole streaming side of things, so yeah. they will now be compensated yep. to their standards anyway. And I believe safeguards against AI as well. Safeguards against AI, any rewrites on AI, any story spiffs? Right. Or, hey, we came up with this story, which could have been from AI here. We want you to polish it kind of thing. Everything right. has to be double-checked, cross the T's, dot the lowercase J's, and move along. <laughs> move along, sir. Yeah, so congratulations to the writers. They got what they wanted. Hooray! Yeah. Good for you. You guys are what makes the entertainment. Entertaining. So now they can start. That, that's that's the thing. See, is uh, we were kind of worried if the strike went in because we wouldn't have had a lot of information to give to as far as news. But once the writers' strike ended, all of these oh we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and we're gonna, gonna do, do this that. without a key ingredient to this particular recipe still to be determined. Uh, so apparently the uh, actor strike has hit a brick wall. <laughs> right. Uh, and the um, producers or whatever uh, streaming executives walked out of the meeting right and uh doesn't look good right now <laughs> they uh they're basically saying we're giving the writers all this stuff now you actors want stuff too yeah. isn't there more of you people geez we're not even going to be able to line our gold trashes in our bathrooms anymore I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on and that's exactly it man that's exactly it you know we talked about it before on other episodes of uh, hollywood hullabaloo that we you know they're wasting a lot of money they're, they're bitching about losing money right but they're wasting so much money on these huge budget for these movies that are not doing great right maybe if they had actually if instead of businessmen stopped making decisions on entertainment and arts <laughs> and let the <laughs> arts and entertainment people make more decisions instead of stupid fucking businessmen that don't know anything about this shit whoa preach it brother let preach their it. egos aside then maybe we could have uh <laughs> Some some stuff that makes profit. Tim, 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 sit down, sit down. You're getting worked up now. But no, <laughs> to quote Steve Martin from 1978. Because <laughs> Oppenheimer kind of proved that to us all. 
Yes, exactly. And, and lucky for us, Universal took that money from that wonderful movie, 400 million of it actually, and put it towards an exorcist property. <laughs> Which is like, you <laughs> dummies. Oh, man. Yeah, this is exactly, so this is, you know, this is a prime example. What you just brought up. Right, right. Universal spends $400 million for the rights to the exorcist. <laughs> and they're complaining, these actors want too much money. What the fuck did you guys just do? What did you just do? The Exorcist is not worth $400 million. Well, here's what's interesting to me is that any Hollywood mogul could do what I did, apparently, as a normal old schlub out here in the working class world. Yeah. Uh, They could get on their computers, go to something called the Internet, and look up what the value of an Exorcist trilogy is. (laughs) Look at Exorcist and what it made in 1973 when the original came out. And then compare that to what Exorcist 2, (laughs) 3, and 4 did, which is nothing. Yeah. I mean fucking nothing. And that there's no way that property is worth four hundred million dollars at all. Right. You know. I don't even know. I mean you know, we're just riding on this is this is it. We're riding on nostalgia and purely on nostalgia and not common sense anymore. Right. And it's uh, starting to wear a little thin, you know. But again, like you said, Oppenheimer did well and I guess Barbie did well and uh yeah. um, that's that's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, right. I mean, that's kind of the problem is that Barbie, which was a very commercial film, had some messages in it, did really well, a billion dollars, and then Oppenheimer yeah. did well. So right, both right. sides have an argument to point to. Right, you're right. But the thing about that is we, we were even second-guessing Oppenheimer before it came out. Like, right, we're, we're right. like Because I think we wanted a, a, a movie like that with integrity and, yeah. uh, and talent behind it. Well, to right. do well and we, I think maybe we were just like maybe softening ourselves for the fact that we're not allowed to have nice things <laughs> All right. but then the world proved us wrong you know and that's good right. you know what I mean yeah. so so I mean there's a lot to be happy about that, that specifically that Oppenheimer did really well because hopefully granted like you said they made a stupid decision right after that but right. it would plant some seeds out there you know what I mean right. like no, this totally. stuff can make money and, and if we put uh hearts and minds into something you know right and they give us a glimmer of hope and as long as i can keep a glimmer i guess that's good enough yeah exactly and the ceo should take pay cuts fuck corporate america (laughs) take some pay cuts you assholes Yeah, it's like Caligula. It's like every CEO is Caligula, you know? <laughs> I'm right. going to fuck everything. Man, <laughs> woman, and horse in the room. <laughs> and I don't care if I die of chlamydia, you know? <laughs> I'll die rich, and my balls will be empty. Hey, those big rich people, they deserve to have their balls empty. Us working class folk, we have to have our balls full and plentiful. <laughs> yeah. No horse fucking. Yeah. Save some horses for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the, you know, the, the writer strike thing. You were saying, I think you noted that it could go into, uh, what, February or something like that? You mean actors. Yeah. Actors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actor strike has said that uh, things went so badly on this last negotiation that it might be pushed all the way to February or maybe even later, so it could be pushed wow. past that. So Yeah, that's a drag. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds like they're trying to starve them out. The rich yeah. people are trying to starve out the the actors. Luckily, we got someone like Drew Carey out there who's uh, yeah who's giving them meals and uh, yeah, that's that's cool stuff. Sir Michael Gambon passes away. Very big loss in the uh, entertainment community. I mean, he was pretty old. He was. You know, he had a good run. No one's saying he didn't. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he was known in plentiful roles all through his career. I remember seeing him in many, 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 many things. 
Yeah. And, uh, of course, he's known to the bigger populace as Dumbledore yeah. of uh, Harry Potter. But uh, Yeah, and he's also, I know him from Top Gear because he's the, the last second to last corner on the Top Gear racetrack was named after him because he almost flipped a car <laughs> when they did the, <laughs> the celebrity. Uh, a big star in a reasonably priced car was was the segment they had, you know, and they would, put okay. them, they would have them race around in a real shitty little shitbox economy right. car. And yeah, his lap was pretty impressive, and it was so impressive. It happened like 20 years ago, right. and that was what I knew him from because I did. He was one of those character actors to me that he was in so much stuff that he was a faceless guy to me. I mean, like a right. a nameless guy to me. So it wasn't really until I started watching Top Gear and then Harry Potter came out and and made him right. kind of a, a household name. Right. But I, I've, you you've listed off some of the stuff he was in, and I'm like, oh yeah, I have seen that. So I know I've seen him and stuff. But it's just you know. He was just a character actor to me at that point, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's been in a ton of things. I remember seeing him as a kid. Jim Henson used to have this TV show called The Storyteller, mm-hmm. and it was a very short-lived TV uh, show. But he was in that, and I remember him striking something in me to, that where I remembered his face. And then the next time I remember seeing him was in uh, a movie with Robin Williams from the '90s called Toys, mm-hmm. and uh, he was really good in that. And I remember catching his name, Michael Gambon, at that time, and then following from there, and then. He went on to do tons of stuff through the years. Mm-hmm. He was in that uh, Julia Roberts, uh, John Malkovich, uh, Mary Riley, and then he shows <laughs> yeah. up in Michael Mann's The Insider. He was in uh, one of my personal favorites, Sleepy Hollow, and then, of course, all the way up to the Harry Potter films, and, and much more stuff after that. I remember him showing up even in The Good Shepherd, that Robert De Niro-directed thing with Matt Damon. And he's just one of those really prolific actors and stuff. He even shows up in some Wes Anderson films. I think Life Aquatic he shows up in. Right, because he's part of that old school of British actors like uh, like yeah. a Richard Harris, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, uh... And he yeah. had a very strong, authoritative voice. You know, he yeah. always played those characters where you're just like, he's a scary old guy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So anyway, R.I.P. to you, Sir Michael Gambon. To the great theater in the sky. <laughs> and so another famous English actor who has not been knighted. <laughs> no, he has. He has. Yeah, okay. But old Michael Caine, or Michael Caine, is uh, <laughs> officially retiring from acting after all at, these decades. At age 90. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Apparently, he can barely walk now. I was reading an article oh, about him today, really? and he's having real trouble walking and stuff like that, which is just, it's rough, because I, I, you know, I remember him from, even in when, when I was growing up, he was in his, like, probably mid-40s to late-50s, yeah. you know? Right. And, but I still remember his older movies playing, you know, like yeah. the Italian Job, and they were always and, ones that I weren't allowed to watch, like Dress to oh, Kill okay. and and the the Hand, I think it was, and all those kind of right. Yeah. The Hand, I remember growing up on that one, Dress to Kill, yeah, Blame It on Rio, Blame mm. It on Rio, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I did I did sneak a few scenes in that. This is yeah. one of my first uh, Bush experiences was Blame It on Rio, <laughs> right. <laughs> And so, yeah, I remember him very fondly from from my childhood, even from Jaws 4. Right, right. Yep. Him doing schlock like that. But, uh, you know, he, he grew a whole new legion of fans when he it took on the role of Alfred in the Batman movies. Yep. And then got Knight another trilogy. whole breath of life in his career. And so, yeah, um, the prestige and, yeah, uh, yeah. all that, right. And even in uh, uh, a gold member, you know, when he plays yeah. Austin no. Powers' his dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's kind of been there pretty much through my whole life on the yeah. screen in some form or another. Even when he wasn't making big movies and he'd go to TV. He, I remember at one point he was doing a TV movie. And I think in like a two-year period he did a TV movie for Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. And then the next year he did... Jekyll and Hyde yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking like wow that's the blame it on Rio guy <laughs> yeah right yeah so a fond farewell to uh, an incredibly kick-ass actor yeah end of an era right there yeah for sure So yeah, there was recently a uh, 
a story that came out about Disney's woes and everything, and one of their woes was on the side of the Marvel thing and how the, how how Marvel has been handling their TV properties, apparently without like a showrunner or something like that, and yeah. that has plagued them in higher budgets than they needed. Like from what I was reading, that Winter Soldier show ended up having like a two hundred sixty million dollar budget. That She Hulk one ended up having like a two hundred eighty million dollar budget. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and it, and so they just had to keep going back and re, retooling everything, starting to film those things without a finished script for the end of the series, and just making it up as they went along, kind of thing. So before the writer strike and the actor strike happened they were in the midst of filming half they had half done on this new daredevil show that they're doing called daredevil born again right they're scrapping all of that and they've already dumped 120 million dollars into it and they're oh. rewriting it now they got a showrunner and now they said well we're not going to start filming again on it until we have a finished script well fucking duh <laughs> i should have done that in the first place <laughs> <laughs> well, but they are sticking with all the Netflix crew mostly, right? Uh, right now, the only ones they have definitely decided on returning people from that is the guy who plays Daredevil. Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox and then Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Those are the only two. I saw. I did see John Bernthal uh, also. I saw those three names. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's still not confirmed. Oh, okay. Yeah, the John one. He, they talked to him not too long ago, and he was saying it's still up in the air. He's just like, Disney's a little touchy on that whole Punisher side yeah. of things. But what you're saying is is they're restructuring to each new series will have a showrunner, and it'll be more a tight machine. It'll be more like a regular TV show should be run, whereas, yeah. you know, if you have something like, whatever, like Breaking Bad, you had Vince Gilligan and his Mm -hmm. vision. He's not directing every episode, but he's saying this is the theme, this is what we want to keep the scope to, and this is how we need to guide this show through till the end kind of thing. Someone to oversee everyone's vision, even though you're going to have different directors coming in and taking the, the handle of how visually it might look. There still needs to be a cohesiveness through the right. whole season, yeah. and that's what apparently they're gonna start doing now. Yeah. So. Yeah, and they need it. <laughs> they do. They do. On to the next one. This uh, little production company called Mind Riot Entertainment. They are doing a double hitter uh, on the whole Ocean Gay tragedy uh, with the submarine thing that happened a few right. months ago. Um, they're doing a docu-series mm-hmm. and they're also going to do a fictionalized, you know, like they've been doing it you know, lately with all this true crime stuff where they do right. the documentaries and then they do a reenactment version of it, you know. Right. Like they did with the staircase recently, and I hope in the fictionalized one, there's a love story that takes place. <laughs> yeah, because that's you got to have a hook, <laughs> even though it's all dudes in the submarine. Right, right. No, well, no, it's the modern be... age, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, the the docu series is going to be following this this mission uh, director guy Kyle Bingham, and um, I was trying to look up information on this guy. Apparently. He le- wasn't with the company when the thing happened. <laughs> Fishy. Yeah. So I don't know. I, and and I, I can't remember. I know there was some people that were fired right before then, too. And I don't know if that was him. Right. Or what. But this dude was like uh, kind of like the face of uh, the company outside of the owner guy that died in the submarine. Right. Uh, but was doing a lot of the press and stuff, and and I couldn't find anything about it. Everything I found was just about the docu series being made about him. So right, I don't know what he played, what part he played in all this. But he was uh, obviously, a, a, like I said, a, a part of the the public relations and all that stuff too. But right. and he's off doing other shit now for other uh, adventure companies. But um, oh yeah, watch out, beware other adventure companies. <laughs> right. This guy is, has a shaky history. Yeah, either that or you know, I know, like I said, I know there was some guys that were raising concerns, alarm yeah, bells, yeah. and got fired. And but I don't right. think he's one of them. I think it was I, I, those guys were more engineers and stuff like that that were like, hey, 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 right. what are you doing? Don't do this. Yeah, we, this was just for show. You said you weren't going to really take it down except for like 20 feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go in a 
carbon fiber toilet paper roll. You can't drive <laughs> this thing with a PlayStation One. You at least need a Nintendo controller. <laughs> yeah, to go come down on. There. Gosh. Jesus. So, and uh, apparently, uh, people were you know talking about the movie part. They're going to do a, right. a fictionalized movie. There was the rumors started flying around that James Cameron was going to uh, direct <laughs> it, and James Cameron immediately came out and said, "No, I am not. <laughs> Stop saying that shit. I never I'm gonna even going to make." Other ridiculous movies. Yeah, about water and traveling right. in the water with right. blue skin. <laughs> I just hope there's a, <laughs> there's a scene in there where they're just like, we're going to go down to see the Titanic. And uh, someone off to the side, hopefully played by Tim Robinson, says, you sure about that? <laughs> you sure Are you about sure that? about that? <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> I really want to make money off this. <laughs> <laughs> and they say this is why everything went wrong and he goes you sure about that that's why all <laughs> <laughs> well, stupid things i said about carbon fiber yeah so that'll be interesting to kind of you know making money off of, they say they also throw in the caveat of course oh we're gonna do it with the utmost respect and we're gonna do it with respect and we're gonna donate 1.0 percent of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> profits to, the, to nobody to the families yeah <laughs> to, to my children's college fund <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is going into the investors <laughs> But uh, luckily, yeah. luckily, Universal just swooped in with the four hundred million dollars to help us out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Oppenheimer. Yeah, right. So the next one we're going to talk about is the uh, you know we I think we mentioned many episodes back uh, they're going to do a new Toxic Avenger movie and star- right. starring Peter Dinklage as Toxie, <laughs> which is right. Strange casting, but the teaser trailer came out, and yeah, we watched it. Uh huh. What'd you think? You know, I got a, a fun vibe off of it. It's something that I can see myself renting, yeah, and watching, and and probably having a good time that way. I don't think it's not one I'm gonna rush out and see. No, Ooh, I need IMAX. I need IMAX pictures. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. But I, I feel like there's none of that guy's movies are <laughs> worth that. You know what I mean? Right. 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 But now I'm not talking Peter Dinklage, that Kaufman guy who makes those movies. No, no, yeah, Lloyd Kaufman. So you're Lloyd talking Kaufman, about? No, yeah. no, no. I no, I'm just talking about seeing that, uh, seeing that yeah. trailer. It looks fun. It looks like something like one of his movies back in the '90s when he was really hot and doing Toxic Avenger three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. ten, however many he did. And then the and chicken Kabuki, thing. Mr. Kabuki Man, and there was all a chicken. There was one about the chickens coming, the zombie chickens. Oh, really? In a chicken sandwich re- restaurant, and all the chickens were coming to life. Oh gosh, I, have no <laughs> I can't idea. remember what it was called. Um. But I'll say about the trailer that I, you know, looking at it with my arms crossed the whole time, but until immediately they started showing tons of gore in in the trailer. And I'm like, okay, okay, you got me right here. You're doing gore and it looks... At least you get what you're trying to do. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, well, you got to figure too with Peter Dinklage, who is the physical opposite of what the original Toxie is. Right. He's playing a part of it. He knows it's tongue-in-cheek and they're doing something oh, different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, and the whole thing is tongue-in-cheek from the get-go anyway. Right. No, totally. Yeah. I would imagine it's going to be a lot less racist, a lot less homophobic, <laughs> and a oh, lot yes. less uh, controversial than the original movie from the 1980s. Because right. we talked about that on one of our other episodes and how uh, kind of in today's era, this movie wouldn't pass the original toxic avenger no would not way. pass at all no and so. hopefully it's sensitive to little people too <laughs> you better hope so <laughs> i feel like i think dinklage is producing it isn't he yeah 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 yeah, yeah I, I remember hearing that yeah it looks like something that's fun that i i would enjoy watching at home same here brother Alright, so next For the Halloween season We got more terrible news about Halloween (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
after the terrible trilogy that they did, you know, I, I found some fun in it here and there through the trilogy, but it was not a good a bunch of movies. So, so yeah, don't mistake no. me for saying that. But during while they were making those that trilogy before the last one ever came out, they were talking to David Gordon Green and then the people over uh, Universal that was putting it out in Bloomhouse and all that. And they were just like, so where do you think it's going to go after your last one? And they're just like, well, we're we're trying to make a trilogy that's yeah. going to wrap the whole story up and that'll be it and that'll that'll be that so i don't know where it could go after that but the thing is is it's not their property they're at least the michael myers property from mustafa akkad's son now who owns the property oh. so as soon as their contract is up then yeah. it, he has the rights and he goes to another company and says hey you want to buy the rights to halloween because no matter what that's a name yeah. And it's a monster that's known and it's going to sell somewhere. Yeah. And it did. What do you right. know? <laughs> yeah. They're going to make a, uh, a bunch of like they're talking about kind of like doing a Walking Dead kind of thing where they're going to make TV shows out of it, I guess. Yeah. They're doing a Halloween yeah. TV show that they want to turn into a cinematic universe. How many times have we heard that before? <laughs> yeah. that's It's Miramax. Terrible. Miramax bought it. Yeah. Um, For $72 million, they yeah. bought the rights. I mean, that's still a better purchase than... Yeah. Than goddamn well, yeah. four hundred million dollars for the exercise because the last trilogy made over a half a billion dollars. So right, yeah, right. So I get that. I totally yeah, get it. Yeah, makes sense. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, also just yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that sounds terrible, and it sounds like they're gonna beat it to death, and it's gonna be right back where it was again when those guys, Danny McBride, kind of took it over. You know, where it was like stretched out to the tooth and beat to death. I guess Rob Zombie kind of did some revitalization. I'm thinking of like... Uh, right, when they were doing H2O. And, yeah, and all uh, that stuff. H2O yeah. Resurrection. And, it's all been turned into yeah. a joke. Well, that's just going to happen all over again. Well, yeah, especially when you're spreading it out over a TV series. Because yeah. then you're really stretching out that story. to Even if they just do eight episodes a season, you're, you're thinking eight episodes at an hour. Right. Eight hour movie is going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to get to see Loomis going to school to become a doctor. <laughs> yeah, right. Getting his degree and, <laughs> you know, experimenting with homosexuality, maybe. And, <laughs> you know, getting drunk for the first time. and Right. Getting yeah. weirded out by walking into a weird leather shop and then really kind of getting into it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that sounds familiar to me. <laughs> That's the thing is they're using cinematic universe, but what other thing can they connect it to? Because Mike Myers is the only monster in that yeah, universe. <laughs> right. Right. Well, maybe they'll have uh, other like Fred Myers. <laughs> which is a grocery store chain but it, 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 you can't kill it he goes it. nuts one day <laughs> yeah you just can't kill it he's like you know what my cousin Michael had the right idea <laughs> I'm gonna throw cans of peas at you until you die yeah so um, yeah the Fred Fred Myers universe <laughs> looking forward to that Fred Meyer's universe, yes. <laughs> Hi there, this is Freddy Krueger. If you're like me, you think this podcast is a movie lover's dream. So, show your support to these little film nerd bitches. Go over to your podcast provider, rate this podcast five stars, write a review, and share it with all your friends. If you want to chat with these little bitches that host the show, head over to Instagram and find them at TFTFP Podcast, or write them an email at TFTFPPodcast at gmail.com. Now back to the show, and I'll be seeing you in your dreams. <laughs> So, since we're talking about Halloween, let's talk about the the season of Halloween and Halloween the itself. The season. Yeah, tis, tis the, the season. season to be scary. Bully, 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 <laughs> boo. So, um, let's go back. Let's go in the way back machine, being old, Ooh. old gentlemen that we are. 
Well, now that we're back where we need to be, what are we going to talk about, Tim? Some Halloween memories and traditions and all that kind of such and such. Yeah, I agree. So Halloween. Halloween was always a pretty special ho- uh, holiday in my household uh, growing up in the late 70s, early 80s and all that. Oh, yeah, right. Of course. Uh, I, in those times, as a young child, I was in the Hudson Valley region, so not too far from Sleepy Hollow, you know what I mean? So there was that vibe there. And, um... (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So Halloween was like a legit thing for me where, you know, you, the the leaves had turned and fallen on the ground and you'd have to rake up leaves in the, in the fall and all that stuff, which only helped add to that kind of like putting out pumpkins and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause by the time I was 13, we moved to, uh, Tucson, Arizona and then Mm -hmm. autumn isn't autumn anymore. Oh, right. Yeah. There's no change. Right. And it doesn't really, uh, feel quite as Halloweeny as it did when I was a kid, you know, with that cactus is a little browner now. So I think that must be (laughs) winter is coming. It's a different shade of Brown. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so, but, the, you know, uh, we would do the costumes and all that shit, you know, of course, and the candies and stuff, and go around the neighborhood. And also, too, in, in you know, we're talking, like, when you see, even though it's in California, when you see the, the Halloween night in, uh, in uh, the movie E.T. Right. And how all the kids, that was very much what it was like in my neighborhood uh, right. growing up, where kids were everywhere. Right, yeah, yeah. And uh, you would go to almost every house would be available. Right. To give out shit. And then um, there would always be like the one house where all the lights were turned off and uh, they had a bucket of apples out front. <laughs> and you would say, well, I'm not eating that. There's probably razor blades in here. And then you would throw the apples and like smash them in their front yard and be mad at them. And- Do you remember your, f- what's the first uh, costume you remember? Uh, you know, I remember having a, uh, one of those like real chintzy ones that they you'll see them on like the tiktok now you know for old people like us right where they were like the store-bought uh it was the mask with the string around it and then it had like an an accompanying like plastic outfit you would put on (laughs) yeah a sheet that looked like the costume on the front and you tie it it around around your waist like an apron yeah probably cost like a dollar yeah. But it was Casper the Ghost. That's the first one I remember was wearing a Casper the Ghost. And it's, okay. it was like that plastic molded thing you'd put over your face with the rubber string behind the back that would get caught in your hair. And then it would pull right. your hair out when you try to take the mask off. But it was also the little tiny slot in the mouth. Slit, yeah. And it would like rub on your lips. And after wearing it for several hours, it would be covered in spit. <laughs> yeah. It was so gross. And the slits were like that sharp, yeah. <laughs> that sharp plastic in. So I'd like cut into your cut eyes your a bit. Eye you have to yeah. kind of keep pulling your mask out a bit, and then yeah, yeah. I grew up in like a, the Ohio area yeah. for a little part of my childhood, and the you know I was used growing up then to an actual change in scenery of <laughs> of leaves changing and pumpkin festivals and yeah. stuff like that. Right. And yeah, in the in the neighborhood that I lived in. Uh, it, it was like my mom had a place that was right in the corner of this place and then all down that neighborhood like my grandparents lived at one house my aunt and uncle lived at another oh, house wow. all on the same street but yeah it was like the tons of kids like you couldn't drive cars at a, yeah. after a certain time because so many kids would be out dressed up and walking around and going and that was my first experience of memory of being in the Halloween thing because I, I do remember like my mom saying that she took me out trick or treating when I was so young I there's no way I could have remembered it. Right. But this, like, kind of carrying me around while yeah. someone, probably my sister was dressed up and taking her trick-or-treating, and I was just, they threw something on me. Yeah. But I remember that. But the first thing I remember going as, of, of course, was Superman. You know, I oh, wanted yeah. to, and it was exactly one of those costumes you just designed with a little plastic face with the yep. string around the back. And, yeah, yeah, I remember doing that. And But just hearing about the concept of, of Halloween too, like we're gonna get all this candy tonight. Like, yeah, yep. What? I know. Yeah, we would take pillowcases. We didn't have like yep. Halloween bags. You would use a pillowcase. Right. Yep. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, I know that the, I and I can't remember offhand. I know my I had a similar situation where they were taking me out as a as a baby and, and right. all that stuff, and I'm dressed up. And, but I don't like you said. I I don't remember that. But right. there was a certain point where I got really into werewolves and um, 
as I still am today. And um, right. <laughs> uh, I want to say I was probably about eight or whatever. And my okay. sister, she's seven years older than me. Uh, so she would have been uh, seven years older than eight, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> she did like a, 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 a homemade outfit for me where they like took uh, cotton balls and glued them all to my face and oh, wow. painted them brown and all that stuff and right. the backs of my hands and I had little little like extended nails and stuff like that. And That's and the, awesome. The, yeah, it was actually really good. And, and uh, a lot of the... I remember a lot of the people, you know, whose houses we went to were complimenting me on the on the outfit and all that stuff. Oh, so, I bet, yeah. So that's probably my favorite one that I ever had, yeah. And I still am picking cotton off of my skin. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember one of the years I went as a, a Ghostbuster. Yeah. And uh, one of my neighbors had kids, and he was taking his kids out, and so he took my sister and I out trick-or-treating with him and we were at this point where we were about to cross the street to go over and these kids came up and they were on bikes you know whatever bags they could get of candy they were trying yeah. to steal candy and stuff and this is back in the day when you could do this the the guy who took us trick-or-treating backhanded the kid on the bike knocked him <laughs> off the bike and said don't fuck with my kids <laughs> to the kid. and the kid got up left his bike and ran down the street oh because he was God. so scared and I, I remember that burned into my memory I, I remember like thinking I was like I was happy he was there yeah but at the same time i'm scared to go trick-or-treating with him now <laughs> yeah right he's gonna kill somebody <laughs> right because <laughs> it was like a double whammy like he he hit a kid and then he swore <laughs> yeah <laughs> there we had a uh, my mom used to get really into it and you know she was she had a dark side to her but um our house in New York was like a raised ranch, and so the front door would have been way off the ground. So there was a like a five or six steps up to the front door off the ground on a like a cement step, right? Steps, I should say. And um, we had this whole thing going in the window where she had painted this what she kind of perceived as the picture of satan you know what i mean my, this is my oh, okay. mom and my mom in the 70s right, right you know she was into witchcraft a little bit and all that kind of shit so oh, cool. uh she had hung it in the and with the background of it was black so she hung it in our bay window and uh it kind of blended in so it just looked like him there in the window oh wow and she had dressed up like a she'd done this whole vampire thing so she was going to be answering the door with the robe and all that shit the cape and the fangs right. and stuff and apparently I don't have memory of this, but I, this is a story that's been told. Uh, there was a time, one of the times she opened the door and she was doing the whole thing and she's like slowly opening up the cape to the kids and the, <laughs> and, the and she had fangs and blood on her face and the little kid was wide-eyed and started <laughs> stepping backwards off of the oh, thing no. and was just about to step off the step and fall down because the parents were down at the base, you right. know, on the sidewalk. Oh, and my mom had to reach out and grab the kid, making it that much scarier. So she and she caught her right right before she was about to fall down the cement steps. Oh my god! And then she had to like break character and apologize to the parents. Oh, wow! <laughs> oh man! Did, yeah. did you remember what kind of candy was like your favorites and what was your throwaways? Yeah. Well, I mean, for sure, I'm, I've always been a Snickers person, so I always love okay. Snickers. Uh, but then I, you know, Twix. I believe Twix kind of came out as I was a little kid. Oh, okay. I want to say it did. At least either that or I just discovered it later. But I feel like all of a sudden there was commercials in like 1981 for it. And it, I don't remember <laughs> commercials in 1980. So I'm like, is this a new candy? It's delicious. <laughs> so when Twix came out, I was super fucking stoked. That's funny. Yeah. And then, well, 1982 is, is E.T. So then um, right. it, the Reese's Pieces thing which they didn't nobody knew of those fucking things before yeah. that because it was right. all about m&ms right and right i remember when when Reese's pieces came out i'm like i like these better than m&ms right and that was a big thing but and and then like so the you know like lollipops and shit like that uh, i did not like i did not right. like getting lollipops or of course fruit apples and right. stuff like that <laughs> even candied apples you know because that was like that's like an old-timey halloween thing right but I'm like, no thanks. Yeah. 
I'm gonna lose teeth on it because you remember, you remember, you know, you're at that age where you're 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 losing your primary teeth, right? right? And then you, you, there would be so many kids in school, and they would, they would make candied apples at, at the school for a Halloween celebration, and a couple kids would lose a, a tooth or two while eating <laughs> those it. things. Yeah, it would be <laughs> yeah. stuck in the caramel. <laughs> that always creeps me out, man. No, I remember. I don't know if you remember these, but the one that I always hated getting, and it seemed like at least three or four houses on on each neighborhood you'd go to would have this thing, but it was this orange marshmallow peanut looking thing. Oh, yes. I hate those. I hated oh, those Oh, yeah. Things. Right. It's like, yeah. Kind of like circus peanuts. I hate, yeah, circus peanuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated those. And I hated candy corn. I never have liked candy corn. And so, oh, yeah. And my mom would always end up eating the candy corn. Uh-huh. Oh, I love candy corn. I love oh, really? candy corn. Yeah, I still I, I still hate love, it. Yeah. I still I would always I would like to eat them like one color stripe at a time. Like <laughs> I'm going to eat the I'm eating the yellow first and then I'm eating the orange and then I'm eating the little white tooth. Oh no, I got I got you orange with my yellow. I got to start over again. <laughs> you know which ones else I hated too was like anything with coconut. I didn't like coconut as a kid. I like it now. So like almond right. joys and 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 almond mounds like, right, I could right. not eat those as a kid. I mean, I, right. I I totally eat the shit out of that now, but right. as a kid coconut grossed me out with like like those snowball things, you know, the marshmallow right, and yeah, coconut. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah, hate yeah. those things. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, I was always a go-to like any uh, candy, I was pretty cool with except for the ones that I mentioned, but I remember those houses like you were talking to, you'd always have those houses with fruit or something like that, but there yeah. was this one old lady in the neighborhood in Ohio and she would always have these pink napkins with a you know the bread ties yeah right so the napkin would be wrapped up in a little bunch and then she'd have little wire ties at the top of it and each all kinds of different colors but the napkin was pink and inside it would be a um, she probably just made like a really thin thing of brownies Uh but it was a tiny like maybe a bite for a kid (laughs) Of a brownie, and then she'd put change in with it, like not separate, like in a bag. Money? It would all be inside. Yeah, like like pennies and, uh, and dimes. So you're getting and I money this, all like, over your brownies. Like, like oh, there's money and it's a brownie and it's stale and <laughs> you know and like getting so upset as a kid, like crying about it. Yeah. So I, you know, uh, I went to a private Catholic school uh, for elementary. Right. And it was the kind that had nuns and all that stuff. But it was kind of like we were going. I when I went, I, I started going there in like 1980, I think. And uh, that was right when they were changing the, the the nuns who were teachers were allowed to wear plain clothes. They didn't have to wear habits. Oh, okay. And that was kind of a new thing for the Catholic Church in that time. And um, right, they're hip. <laughs> yeah, but there was also like regular Mister and Mrs. There was mostly female teachers, but there were there were non sisters that were also teaching right. mixed in. So it was like a, it was a mix in this school. But this was an old ass school. It had a fucking campus. You know what I mean? Like there was a, it was almost like a, a mini college campus, this elementary school. Uh, oh, right. Because they had a big church in there, like a big Catholic church. And then they had this up on the big hill here and it overlooked the Hudson river. So the view from my school was incredible. This was in, this was in Newburgh. Wow. And, um, up on the hill there, uh, there was this, what looked like, this gothic mansion and what it was was where all the old retired nuns went to go and live and die (laughs) you know and um i remember having to like on halloween where we would go do our costumes and have our parties you know where kids teeth would get stuck in the candied apples (laughs) right down at the elementary school and then we would have to the whole school would have to go and walk through that climb up the hill and walk through that infirmary or whatever the hell it was right. it was spooky man it was like because oh, it was from like the 1890s or you know what I mean the oh building so it, it had yeah. that old timey feel to it and it was just filled rooms of two old ladies in each room like waiting to die and we would all walk through their single file and just it was like we're waving to the nuns oh saying hey hey you know in our costumes and it was creepy it was spooky they had the the old man father from poltergeist sitting there waving at you god is in this holy temple (laughs) (laughs) it was exactly like that all these women someone could barely raise their hands you know what i mean 
Yeah, there was like there was even cemetery on the ground, you know. So there was uh, in the campus there was a cemetery for all those nuns. So there was like headstones and shit like that. It was it could be really spooky that place. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that sounds yeah. spooky. What about haunted houses? Do you ever do haunted houses as a kid? I wasn't too good with that kind of stuff. Okay. I remember this isn't I don't think this was Halloween, but it was Lake Lake George. We went up to Lake George in New York uh, for a thing and it was like a a wax museum, a haunted wax museum or something oh, like right, that. Right, right, right. And I probably would have been about I'm going to say 7 7 ish or whatever and I I got really excited about it and you know the, it's all four of us are going in and as soon as we got to the doorway where it started to get dark I literally did the whole hands and feet to the to the hallways and my dad's like trying to shove me in and I'm like no 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 <laughs> and so he had to take me out and wait out front and uh he was pissed because he didn't get to see it so that no so i didn't do a lot i mean my sister would do haunted houses in our house and have the neighborhood okay. kids come over and all that stuff that whole thing with like the uh jello in a bowl and with with <laughs> grapes and you say ooh, because the kids would be, you'd be blindfolded yeah and right you know, this, and spaghetti would be the brains and all that kind right, of stuff right right and i remember she had made she'd taken this um this old dress that my grandmother had had, you know, from like the forties or something and put it on a, she had made a string go across the room and then the, in the, uh, uh, in the basement and she taken a paper bag, like a Brown lunch bag and wrinkled it up right. and all that stuff and drew a face on it and put it on the coat hanger and then put the, the dress under it. So it looked like it's head, you know, with a wig and all that stuff. And right. then it would, sl- it would slide down on the string, like as if it was a ghost floating across the room <laughs> and shit like that. <laughs> so she was pretty good with that kind of stuff, you know? Wow. Yeah. I remember going to, as a kid, I didn't like knowing that I was going into this place and they were, their job was to scare me. Right, as a kid, right. I was just like, that's weird. Why would anyone want to do that? Kind right. Of like, and then as I finally hit like nine, ten ish, yeah. I was like, "Oh, I can do this. This is no problem." And I, as I've mentioned on previous episodes before, I was, I lived in Texas and yeah. was deathly afraid of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. So at this age, I'd already seen that, still had that fear. Right. And then we go into this haunted house, and I'm fine. You know, go through that. I remember that the one of the first rooms they had this really cool replica of like the spaceship from Alien and the uh, little nice. little area where the alien head came out. And it seemed really real and everything. I'm like, oh wow! And I was like fascinated by it, not scared at all or anything like that. Little jumps would happen, and yeah. I'd, you know, but kind of laugh. Yeah. But then we got to this room that they made look identical to that kitchen and where he hangs the girl up on it and yeah. immediately just was like ah. <laughs> just started crying and just wanted that and of course you know the next thing that happens is that door slides up I was out of there like I was yeah. pushing everyone in front of me crying right. my eyes out yeah yeah, I don't think I did any of those Halloween haunted houses until I was at least in my late teens, early 20s. I don't think I, because of that experience I just talked about, I didn't go back into one until I worked at one oh. when I was like 14 or 15. Oh, nice. In this old Woolsworth that went out of business and they set <laughs> Stay up. Stay out of the Woolsworth. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, went there and that was a pretty cool one to work in because, you know, there was areas back in the day where they could touch you, you yeah. know, you could really grab people and scare them and stuff right. like that it was pretty cool what uh what did you do for the haunted house what like as a job they changed your locations and rooms so this this is but were you ever dressed up yeah 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 Scaring so they people? changed location or they changed where you would be in in the the part of the haunted house each yeah. night right that you work or whatever right to keep it fresh and so uh and this is working there, I think, is why I don't like modern, most modern haunted houses. Because yeah. most modern ones that I've gone to, except for that one that we went to when we were in Colorado with you. Oh, but yeah. a lot of the more modern ones now are just dark maze, dark maze, dark maze, a room. Yeah. Someone scares you. Dark maze, dark maze, dark maze, a room. Someone scares you. Dark right. maze, dark maze, chainsaw, the end. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And this room, that, or this one that I worked at, I remember the first room you go in, it's set up like a like a swampy area and they have a bridge that you have to walk up on and then the fog machine going so you can't see and then there's people below you with they put you, you keep your hands in this buckets of ice 
uh, ice water, and then when they walk by, you grab their legs or you grab one part oh, of their nice. bodies where make it cold. And you, when you grab them, you distract them. Go, oh, something just grabbed me, and then someone on the other side of them scares them. So yeah. you're distracting them to right. give them the scare. Smart. And there was another room that was like, you know, had the blue light on, and there was all of these iridescent uh, polka dots in the room. But people were wearing costumes with polka dots on them, and you'd see polka dots getting closer and closer to you <laughs> and then another one was like a car crash room where people would be victims and yeah. laying across these crashed cars and stuff and then another one would be a closet that gets slowly narrow and narrow and there would be things popping out at you and stuff like they just had a, a it was room after room of cool stuff not just black mazes and stuff like that so. oh wow but yeah, that was always fun. Yeah, we did that one in Denver. I forgot about that. Yeah. It was like yeah. the seventh floor or something like that. Yes, seventh floor. Yep. Traditional movie. Do you have anything you watch every year? Or? No, I, I like to try to mix it up. I don't really fall gotcha. back on anything in specific. No. Right. But you do, right? You watch the... I have my traditional stuff, so I have a rule that I always watch yeah. 10 things that I've never seen before, whether it's old or new or whatever, and then I always have my two traditions that I watch, which is Charlie Brown, uh, Great Pumpkin, yeah. and then I watch uh, The Thing. I always watch The Thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that's my favorite horror movie of all time. So. Yeah, I think it's a lot of people's now. Yeah. Finally, jeez. That people. was that. I, I was that was mine though. Way back before these people thought they were so cool. Now. Exactly. It Caught was up with I, you and I. Back in like 1983 or four, whenever it, I saw right. it, I saw it a, two, a year or two after it came out. But right, right. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I like to mix it up. I just. I, uh, I mean, we'll get into what we're watching, and, and there's already been a few movies I've been watching uh, uh, Halloween-related, so... Well, then we'll just roll right into that. So, last week I watched uh, Let Me In, which is... The American remake of Let the Right One In, uh, right. which is the vampire movie about the little girl and the little boy who become friends, and right. she turns out to be a vampire. A vampire. Right. And I had always avoided this, the American version, because I, I right. came across it last week and was like, hmm, I've been avoiding this for a long time because right. I love the Swedish one so much, and I've seen that one like three or four times. Right. And I always thought, well, what's the point? It's just going to be, it's kind of like the Psycho remake. What's the point of the Psycho remake? You know? <laughs> right, right. And uh, so I never bothered. And But then I was curious, so I texted you. I said, what, uh, have you ever watched that? And I wanted to know. And you said, you told me it was a Matt Reeves movie. And I'm like, okay, right. all right. Ever, ever since the Batman, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm right. in. I'm in. I get it. Right. All right. So I watched it, and I like, and I actually ended up... I think I might even like it a little bit more than the Swedish one. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. I went on a date to watch it and not yeah. wanting to because yeah. I was just like, this is a, just a remake and it's going to be a shitty version. I, I'll show you the real one if you yeah. want. And then we went to right. see it and I was just like, never mind. That one this was is, good. This is <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cast is great. and Yeah, uh, it's great. It takes place in Los Alamos, which is close to home for me. Right. And... Uh, uh, they did a really good job of, of creating, you know, I feel like there was a few, a little bit extra here and there that yeah, wasn't yeah. in the Swedish version. Yeah. That yeah, I padded enjoyed. it a little better in good ways. Yeah. 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 In good ways. Right. It filled out yeah. the story more. Yep. No, I agree. And it, it was dark and bloody and violent. And then, you know, um, I think that even the chemistry might have been a little better between uh, the American boy and girl than the yeah. the Swedish no, I ones do too. too. Yeah. I think they picked really good kids to yeah. do it, and I think that uh, you know Matt Reeves he has a way of atmosphere in his yeah. movies, really setting the atmosphere and mood for his movies that yeah. I think really pull you in before yeah. you even start really knowing what the characters are doing. You know what I mean? And so once yeah. that atmosphere is set in and you're really invested in it, then the characters just kind of start coming alive. I I'm already forgetting, but I think it's supposed, it's set in 1982. Yeah. Which, right. uh, and he set the vibe perfect with all that. Yep. Yeah. It felt like, and they even kind of like aged it in a way to where it felt like it right. would have been an older movie a little bit. Yeah. yeah. 
And he did. And the, and the thing that you and I have talked about before, you actually brought it up before I ever did, but you were talking about how you're kind of getting sick of it. And he sets that mood of that time 82 without doing a bunch of lousy needle drops. Yeah. Right. Oh, the music. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It just, no, it feels, it feels it without it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's, so, there's, there's little ones in there, but yeah. it's so a part of his tapestry. You don't even, you don't even really pick up. It does. It's yeah, not they're glaring. More diegetic stuff. Right. right? Yeah. Rather right. than like, uh, whatever it was we were talking about. Oh, like in the, um, air movie with about right. Michael, the sneakers and they right. were needle Nike, dropping yeah. the shit out of that movie. And yep. It was obnoxious. That was probably easily half their budget of that movie. Too. Yeah, was paying all. Yeah, on, on that Air Jordan movie. But um, so I watched that, and then right afterwards, I went straight into The Hunger, which is from the. It, it really was made in 1983. Right. It's a vampire movie from 1983, and it's Tony Scott. It was very ahead of its time. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah uh, it had Susan Sarandon and David Bowie, and the other woman, uh, Devereaux or whatever. I don't know who she is, but right, she's a very striking woman. Yeah, um, and it has uh, Bauhaus doing the Bella Lugosi's dead oh, in yeah. the beginning of it. It's, it's, so it sets up. They kind of set up that whole. I, I realize, oh, maybe it's the hunger that kind of sets up the sexy vampire thing in the movies. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, granted, right. the the Anne Rice novels had been out right. in the seventies, but this was kind of like this is 1983 in a movie, and it's very sexual and and oh, uh, yeah. but also kind of adding that goth. You know, uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing with the music and and the club scenes and all that stuff. It's a slow movie for oh, sure, yeah. and and it's yeah. not like a scary kind of monster yeah. movie really. It's more of right. about the mystique, I guess. And uh, yeah, it's more about like a character piece of the species of vampire right, and the right. behaviors of how they interact and the, yeah. the current world, as it were, at yeah. that time. Yeah, and kind of like reinventing it a little bit, and like right. you know, the, the 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 crux of the situation with them right. age, aging out and all that stuff. But right, um, I I didn't you mind know. it. I did, you know, I I say yeah. I, I would say I definitely was more into Let Me In, way more. You oh, know, right, right, right. Uh, but uh, it's not bad, and it's no, it, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it can't be all bad. You put David Bowie and some yeah. uh, Susan Sarandon boobs in there. I'm, yeah. I'm in there. I'll watch. Right. With some nice lesbian kissing and all that. You yeah, know, nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with that. <laughs> so those are those are the two, like, I'll say horror movies that I've watched recently. What have, what have you got going? I actually watched Sleepy Hollow recently again just to kind of see. Uh-huh. I hadn't seen it in a while. I watched because I didn't give it a wholehearted chance uh, when it. It was out just because I was kind of really anti the remakes of this stuff. But I watched the remake of uh, Friday the 13th from 09. And it wasn't half oh, bad, okay. actually. I, I kind of got Truth. into it. Uh, it. They did some kind of nifty things. And it's gory as fucking hell. Oh, really? And, and there's lots of boobs. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, a call, it, was a, it was a fun callback to that. And I think... What streamer is that on? It's on Max right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I think because I had my opinions of, of how uh, Nightmare was and yeah. how Texas Chainsaw was, that right. I was just like, I don't, I don't want to see him. Because like, like I said in previous show, like Freddie, Michael, and Jason were my things, my yeah. slasher guys right. back in the 80s, don't 90s mess with and it. stuff. Don't mess with them, you know. And what I wasn't really putting into context was it's, it's easy to fuck up Freddie because... I, I just I think it's kind of a weird thing. Anyone aside from Robert England in there, that's probably yeah. just old man me talking. Well, yeah, but, but uh, there's also a lot of personality in him too. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of Robert England in yeah. Freddy Krueger. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then with Leatherface, I thought that it hasn't ever been really good since the original. The the yeah. thing that made Leatherface cool to me was that that first movie and the. This is based on a true story. The minute right. you start doing sequels to it, it takes that mystique out of it, and then it's just another weird slasher movie to show you people being chopped up and stuff like that. And there's well, and no personality to that or mystic qualities to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you, you add to that. So I was putting all of that baggage on it when they were doing those remakes. So And w- what I wasn't taking into account was that Jason is this 
supernatural character that can get shot a million times and this can happen to that and he just comes back and he doesn't talk he doesn't have a personality to deal with right. and all you're dealing is you you change you can't change up the formula too much it's a bunch of people stuck in the middle of the woods right. they they start getting killed game on and that's right. what it, and that's what the movie basically does it just right. it, it sets the things and does that and so it's fun that way i and it, like i say you give me some good kills and there is some gruesome kills in it all right I was like you know what i'm in I'm well in. you're talking you talked me into it i'll probably check it out this weekend then so yeah i watched that and then uh i also watched um so i like the i think you and i've talked about it on the show before but i really like the 78 remake of uh invasion of the body yeah Snatchers. yeah Right. With Donald Sutherland. And Donald everything. Sutherland. That's like one of, I really, I hold that up pretty high up there with like The Thing and stuff. I think it's a really great remake. Uh, they did another one in the 90s that right. a lot of people think is great. And so I, I tracked that down and watched that. Yeah. And uh, not so great. Yeah. Not so great. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that good at all. And it's, it's, it's like, it, it all felt off to me. So I didn't really care for it all that much. Uh and then the last thing I watched was um, the remake of Night of the Living Dead that Tom Savini directed back in 1990. Oh, okay. And I had no idea that that was a canon movie. Oh, wow, it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was one of their last movies, apparently, that came out before they completely went kaput. Oh, wow. So while I'm watching it... Was it any I, good? I, the gore is amazing in it. The oh, okay. acting is atrocious. It's oh, wow. terrible. But yeah. the gore is fucking awesome in that. So movie. it's worth watching for that. Yeah, I, yeah, and then and then the main chick that they have is Barbara. She's pretty hot. She's yeah. annoying, but she's fucking <laughs> right. hot, and she's okay. wearing like a white t-shirt through the whole thing. So it's like, hello, is it cold in there? <laughs> nice. So I ended up. I was struggle. I was trying to find another horror movie the other night, and and. For whatever reason, I couldn't figure something out that I hadn't seen or looked like it was worth it. Because there's a lot of right. new shit that just looks like oh, yeah. a waste of time. Sure. Uh, so I, for whatever reason, I ended up watching uh, U571 again. I hadn't seen it since oh, it right. was relatively new. And I gotta, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't too impressed with it this time around. Because it said, you know, Oscar, blah, blah, right. blah, and the thing. But then I saw right. Harvey Keitel, too, and I forgot that right. he was in it. And I'm like, well, I'll, I want to watch Matt it. Is McConaughey for... in it, too? Yes, he is. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pre-skinny. He still has fat in his face. Right, McConaughey. right, right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I... And this rewatch, for me, it felt a little hokey and overacted. Okay. And uh, it, it's, it feels like it's not aging well for me. I, I, I don't know. Come to find out at the end, it's a completely fabricated story, and they're right. referencing two other stories that might have happened. And I'm like, well, right. uh, then tell the old other stories. Those actually happened. I don't know. Right. It just I, I kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I thought, I honestly thought, like, McConaughey's overdoing it, man. Oh, like, really? Dial it back a little bit. Everybody is, even, except for Kaitel. He's always pretty... Right, right. He's always him, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I remember seeing that back when it opened. Yeah. So it probably was like, oh, three, oh, Yeah, four, something like that, some, yeah. Somewhere around there. And I was, at that time, in the heavy throes of uh, uh, <laughs> uh, smoking weed almost all the time. Okay. So I barely remember anything about the movie. The only thing I remember since you mentioned it was I remember there being a big story coming out talking about how fabricated the movie was. Right. Before I saw it, and did that taint your perspective? Yeah, and I remember that I distinctly remember that article saying like they just wanted to make an action film and they grabbed some pieces of history right. just to throw it in, and that's well, all they did. Well, and that's the kind of thing that drives me fucking nuts. I hate right, that shit right. because so much cool shit and crazy stories happened in real life in World War II. Then tell the real right. stories. You know what I mean? Right. So that, see Dunkirk and Oppenheimer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We, so yeah, it rubbed me the wrong way. By the time I was, I was like, I felt like I wasted my. I, I should have picked something else. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little bummed out by that. But yeah, it just feels like it's also just not aging well. You know. Oh right, right. The only, I guess, the only other thing, I mean, but I watched the new Justified, uh, City Primeval. 
Oh, right. And I really enjoyed it. I didn't. I was That's a little great. concerned that I wasn't going to like it. It's definitely a big twist. Did you watch it? No, not yet. No, not yet? No. Okay. It's definitely different because right. it's it's not taking place in uh, Kentucky. So there's a different vibe. It's not as redneck. Right. It's definitely right. not redneck at all. It's it's right. very different. But he he still got it. He's still very much Raylan, and I. That's awesome. I, I I really liked it. That was my worry. I was just saying that was my worry too when I heard they were gonna do a new season because I was like I really love him as yeah. that character, and the last thing I want to do is them to bring him back and then be like oh. the same shit all over again. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, because they That's you great. know by the by the time the sixth season, I'm re I, I as a result I've been rewatching Justified, and I'm and, and right. I'm like almost done with season five and there's six seasons before it goes quiet. And right. yeah, you can feel like, yeah, maybe he should have stepped out by this point. You know, it's stretching right. it a little thin on the Harlan, Kentucky part. Right, right. But right. Uh, yeah, this is so far removed from all that. And and what a little side note, he, the daughter's grown up, or not grown up, she's a teenager. You know, I don't know if you remember right. that yeah. the, the wife is, the ex-wife is pregnant. And so she's right. grown up and all that stuff. And it's played by his real life daughter. In, in, oh, uh, wow. In, uh, so that's pretty cool. That is. That's awesome. Yeah, she's only in like the first couple episodes. Yeah, Natalie Zia, uh, who played Winona, the ex-wife, she shows up and she's aging wonderfully. Right. <laughs> she looks great. She looks really good. Uh, but it looks like they're they set it up to have a second season. Right. I hope they do because of the the way the season ends. Really, is not related to how the season plays out. But right. I really hope they follow. They can follow through on it and all that. So. Right, right, right. But now, Lord, we ain't promised tomorrow. I'm living now, dog. I'm walking through life, but yo, my feet hurt. All my blessings are fair. Man, I rest when I'm dead. I guess then, um, we've 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 talked your ear off enough, people. Yeah. For this so October. You just go out there and check your apples and your. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for razor blades. And make sure you check your uh, your candy bars to make sure that they're all the wrapping has not been punctured. Yeah, or, right. There's no pins and needles inside. Right. Ooh, scary. And then check under your bed. <laughs> but anyway, Tim and I are gonna eat our Halloween candy now. Like we're old men, so we have to eat dark chocolate. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, right. Dark <laughs> chocolate is anti-aging, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, happy Halloweeny to you, nerds! And uh, this is our season final. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So we'll be back in uh, 2024. That's with right. New shit. All right then. Adios. See you. Bye-bye. See you, pumpkin heads. Keep your sneakers on. <laughs> Deep cut. All right. We are ending our transmission.